title of this talk is Involving Universal Reconciliation. What is the fate of unrepentant sinners? There are three major doctrines to consider. Universal reconciliation teaches that God will ultimately save everyone who has ever lived. God will reconcile all the wicked God-haters to himself, and that's with no repentance. Universal reconciliation is this false doctrine is accepted by a significant number of church members and ministers before and after they left the worldwide church of God. Those who believe this false doctrine have no incentive to obey God's laws. It gives them a license to sin because they figure no matter what I do, I'm going to be saved. That's very similar to the uh, fundamental doctrine, but not quite. It's This is more universal. The fundamental preachers and churches, they teach God will save everyone who accepts the name of Jesus. Now that's promulgated, has been promulgated by Billy Graham and now his son Franklin Graham and many, many Protestant preachers that just accept Jesus and you're saved. And once saved, always saved. And there are a lot of people who believe that. Well, if you're saved, there's no incentive to really to obey God because they don't even believe in the law of God that they should keep it. And then the third one is that unrepentant sinners who have repented of breaking God's law will be annihilated. And there, there are those three major uh, areas that we're talking about. So let's. Uh, what does the Bible teach? Let's turn to uh, Matthew. I have a little talk here about uh, what Jesus said. In Matthew 5.21, he stated, You have heard that it was said of those in ancient times, You shall not commit murder, but whoever commits murder shall be subject to the judgment. But I say unto you, Everyone who is angry with his brother without a cause shall be subject to the judgment. Now you who have heard said, Whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be subject to the judgment of the council. But I say unto you that whoever shall say, you fool, shall be subject to the fire of Gehenna. And that's a pretty strong on fire. Next, going on in the same, uh, uh, same verse, uh, chapter of me, uh, Matthew 7.21. 7.21. We're very familiar with this verse. We're putting it in a new context now. In Matthew 7.13, really. Enter them through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads uh, to destruction. And many are those who enter in through it. Many. Not the few, but many. For narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way that leads to life. And a few are those who find it. Be- beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, for they are ravening wolves. And there are a lot of them out there. It's hard to imagine there are so many of them. But that's be the more majority of them because they, they don't believe in keeping God's laws. And so they're uh, out there teaching their false doctrines. Now, we can go from there to Matthew 8, verse 12. And here we find more warnings. Matthew 8, verse 12. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, As you believe, be it unto you, and his servant was healed. But he gives that comment there that the many uh, are not going to make. Uh, the next word, verse I wanted to go to is Matthew 
And we're all familiar with this one, but we're putting it in a different context today. Matthew 10, 28. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but have no power to destroy life. Rather, fear him who has the power to destroy both life and body in Gehenna. And that's pretty strong when you think about it. Now we go to Matthew 12, 31. The book of Matthew is loaded with warnings. And we're not covering them all, but we'll cover some of the main ones. Matthew 12, 31 says, Because of this, I say to you, every sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven to men, except the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. That shall not be forgiven to them. And whoever spoke a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this age nor in the coming age. That is powerful. No forgiveness. And, and uh, if they blaspheme, uh, that's, that's uh, with the whole, against the Holy Spirit, that's, that's, that's the end of it for them. So not at that moment, but they'll get their punishment because they can't repent. It's the Holy Spirit that brings us to repentance. And if we don't follow the urging of the Holy Spirit, and that guidance and how can we repent? If we can't repent, we're not going to be saved. So he makes that real clear. And uh, the next area I want to go to is uh, Matthew 18. Matthew 18, verse 3. And he said, Truly I say unto you, unless you are converted and become as little children, there is no way that you shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whosoever shall humble himself as a little child, he's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whosoever shall receive one such little child in my name receives me. But whosoever shall cause one of these little ones who believes in me to offend would be, it would be better for him that a millstone was hung around his neck and he sunk in the depths of the sea. Seven, woe to the world because of offenses. For it's necessary that offenses come. Yet woe to that man who whom the offenses comes. You have heard your hand or your foot causes uh, you to offend. If your hand, uh, foot causes you to offend, and cut it off and cast it from you. For it is better for you to enter into life lame and maimed than to have two hands, two feet, and be cast into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to offend, pluck it out. And throw it away, for it is better for you to enter into life one-eyed than to have two eyes and be cast into Gehenna. So it's a pretty strong statement by Jesus here uh, about uh, what he just said. In Matthew 23, Matthew 23, we find the, about the eight woes in Matthew 23, verse 15. He gets into these woes. There are a total of eight woes, but we're going to concentrate right here. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel sea and land to make one a proselyte. And when he has become one, you make him twofold more a son of Gehenna than you yourself. Woe to you, blind guides, who say, Whosoever swears by the temple, it's not binding. But whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is obligated to fulfill his oath. You fools and blind, for which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies it? In verse 33, that same chapter, 
He says, you serpents, you offspring of vipers, how shall you escape the judgment of Gehenna? So that's very strong. And these verses reveal something else, that these, these people he's speaking to are not converted. And he's showing that even unconverted people who reject God and hate God to the point that they, they, don't, they can't repent, they're not going to be saved. Someone doesn't have to be converted and commit the unpardonable sin. Unconverted people can commit it too. And that's very powerful to understand because uh, obviously Jesus was talking to the scribes and Pharisees. And many of them are just in, they're just out of it. Uh, so they, they had him there as a witness. They had their witness uh, where most people have it. Matthew 24. Matthew 24, verse 12. And because of lawlessness shall be multiplied, the love of many shall grow cold. Well, you have to have the love first, and that'd be the love of God. We're talking about people who are converted. The one who endures to the end, that one shall be saved. So he's talking about enduring to the end. And, and that doesn't sound like a lot of people are going to be there. So we have to do what God says, or we're not going to make it. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be proclaimed in all the world, for a witness to all nations, and then shall the end come. Matthew 25. We'll go to that. Matthew 25, verse 40. And answering, the king shall say to them, Truly I say to you, inasmuch as you have done it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. And then he shall say to those who are on the left, Depart from me, you cursed once, into eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you did not give me anything to eat. I was thirsty. He did not give me anything to drink. I was a stranger. You, took, you did not take me in. I was naked, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not come to visit me. Then shall the answer and shall say to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and we did not minister to you? Then he shall answer thee and say, Truly I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it, one of the least of these, neither did you do it unto me. And they shall go away and enter into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. We want eternal life, and so we've got to be uh, really striving for it. I'll just state this. If Christians only had the book of Matthew, and that was the first book that was apparently written, if they only had the book of Matthew... There's enough warning in here to avoid the false prophets and false teaching. And it's astounding how many warnings Jesus put in that book of Matthew so that we will be aware of them. What, we, what we've got to avoid, what we have to do to be in the kingdom of God. There's no room for universal reconciliation for the ones saved or always saved. The Apostle Paul also gives warnings to Christians. In Hebrews 3, verse 7, We'll go there next. Hebrews 3, verse 6. Christ was faithful as a son over his own house, whose house we are if we are truly holding fast the confidence of rejoicing of the hope, firm, firm to the end. Got to hold it to the end. 
For this reason, the Holy Spirit says today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, where your fathers tempted me and tried me and saw my works 40 years. It's hard to grasp. People seeing miracle after miracle for 40 years, and they still didn't believe back then. We have people like that today. And so miracles are very helpful for some people. But for other people, miracles make no difference. So miracles uh, can be helpful or the, or the otherwise. Because of this, I was indignant with this, that generation and said that they are always going astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, if you shall enter into my rest, Beware, brethren, lest perhaps there in any of you be an evil heart of unbelief. In apostatizing to the living God. We have to be there before you can apostatize. So Paul's talking to people and writing here, and this applies to the current brethren in the church. Rather, the be encouraging one another each day while it's called today, so that none of you become hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we are Companions of Christ, if you are truly hold the confidence that we had at the beginning, steadfast until the end. Not just partway, but to the end. Not just say, I accept Jesus, but all the way to the end. Your whole life. It's a lifetime process that we go through. And it is being said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. He repeats himself here. Uh, a number of times Paul, the Apostle Paul does. For some, after hearing, did rebel, not all who came out of Egypt by Moses. So we see, verse uh, 8 19, we see that they were not able to enter in because of unbelief. And how it's astounding for people to, after they've had the opportunity to go that way. Now we're going to go to Hebrews 6, another powerful section here in Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6, verse 4. Therefore, verse 1, therefore advancing beyond the beginning principles of the doctrines of Christ, we should go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith in God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. We're talking about judgment for eternity. And we will do this if indeed God permits. For it is impossible, repeat that, for it is impossible for those who are once enlightened and who personally obtained the heavenly gift and became partakers of the Holy Spirit and who have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they have fallen away to renew them again under repentance, seeing that they're crucifying the Son of God uh, for themselves and are publicly holding him in contempt. That's so powerful when you realize what he's saying there. Let's go to Hebrews 10. Let's start in verse 22. Let us approach God with a true heart, with full conviction of faith, our hearts having been purified from a wicked conscience, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold fast without wavering to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. 
and let us be concerned about uh, one another and be stirring up one another unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, even as some are accustomed to do, but rather encouraging one another and all the more as we see the, the day drawing near. And here's verse 26. For if we sin willfully, going willfully, going on sinning, for if we sin willfully, going on sinning, after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice for sins, but a terrifying expectation of inevitable judgment and a fierce fire, which shall will devour the adversaries of God. Verse 38. Now it is written, the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul does not delight in him. But we are not of those who draw back unto destruction. Rather, we are of the truth unto the saving of the soul. But we've got to hang in there all the way to the end. Now in Revelation 21, verse 6, Revelation 21, let's start in verse 5. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Then he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the one who thirsts, I will give it freely of the fountain of the waters of life. To the one who overcomes shall inherit all things. I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, and the murderers, fornicators and sorcerers and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That's the end of it for those folks. Let's go to Revelation 22 next. Verse 13. Right here at the very end. We've covered Matthew, and then we're jumping over to Revelation. Uh, this uh, people... Matthew day, Jesus was around, but that applies down through time. The Revelation was written for those who come after those original people, because it wasn't Revelation wasn't written until ninety uh, something A.D. Uh, by the Apostle John. So a lot of the early Christians were were already uh, dead by then. Revelation twenty-two. He starts in verse twelve. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to render to each one according to his work, uh, beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who keep his commandments, and that they may have a right to the tree of life, that they may enter into the gates into the city. You've got to keep the commandments to have a right. If we don't keep the commandments, we won't have a right to be there. It's just that simple. And so these other doctrines of universal reconciliation, and once saved, always saved, are very damning and very seriously wrong because they're going to lead people astray. And it allows people to have the license to go ahead and give it to sins. He's saying we shouldn't be committing because if things are going to be saved no matter what they do, then there's no way to, you know, there's no breaks there, no nothing to hold them back because they're not accepting the laws of God and applying them. And we have to obey God to the end. It's but excluded our dogs and sorcerers, and fornicators, and murderers, and idolaters, and everyone who loves and devises a lie. 
And that's really powerful. God hates lying. And liars aren't going to be there. We have to repent when we realize we said something wrong. But we, we just have to hang in there all the way to the end. Jesus sent my angel to testify these things to you in the churches. So the, the, this is for converted people in the churches. I am the root and offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears, let the one who hears, come. And let the one who thirsts, come. And let the one who desires partake of the water of life freely. For I jointly testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, that if anyone adds to these things, God shall add to him the plagues that are written in the book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life and the holy city uh, from the things that are written in this book. He who testifies these things says, Surely I'm coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And we really need to avoid this false teaching. And it's out there. I'm astounded how many people that I knew personally fell away with it. And I even know a number of Protestants. I meet people all the time. I'm in a, a Bible, kind of the Bible belt here in Salina. And there are a lot of people who profess Jesus. And I feel sorry for them in one sense because they think they're saved and they're not. I look forward to talking to you again and expanding this subject. There are huge amounts of information available, and I hope you gain something from this, and we've got to hang in there all the way to the end. God bless you.